0: Amen. I um, just want to honor Diabia and Renal, and you have amazing pastors. We go way back, like Diabia said. I remember, as I was thinking of you guys this morning, I remember one morning, like I think 15 years ago, (laughs) when we were sitting on the lounge worshiping one. Um, Saturday morning, and I think we were singing that, For the sake of the world, come light a fire in me. And um, we were like the missions team, I think, in Shafa in durbanville And Diabia, and them were commissioning us various areas. And they're like, Nastasha, your mission field is, you know, to the end, you know the verse... Um, comes upon us with boldness and power to be a witness in Jerusalem and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And they're like, yours, Nastasha, is Jerusalem. I'm like, okay, I'm going to Jerusalem <laughs> when it actually means your local community, right? <laughs> Durbanville, anyway. Um, I just remember that moment. But I just want to honor you guys. They have such a love for the voice of Holy Spirit in their daily lives and being obedient to Him. And I really learned that with you guys. I'm Blank page Saturdays that we had. Anyone heard of that? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, I'm Nastasha. Um, I met many of you at the Awaken last year, and um, yeah, me and my husband Steafan. We in our eighth year of marriage this year, and you know when Steafan and I. I don't know if you have that picture, the next one of our family. When Stefan and I got married, I thought we're like the exact same personality, and then I realized we're quite opposite in many ways, but especially when it comes to the fivefold gifting, you know, like it speaks of in Ephesians 4. Now, Stefan is like... Pastoral, prophetic He loves people He makes them feel safe Valued, listened to And sometimes God speaks a word And he speaks it into their hearts And it brings transformation It brings out their giftings It's amazing I am 100% eat, breathe and sleep The lost getting saved I'm an evangelist And you know many times we think um, That's your gifting but it's not me Or that's your gifting but it's not me But you know, in Ephesians 4, the gifts were meant to be inclusive, not exclusive. And just after we got married, we went to East London. We were there for two years. We were in the church there with Andre Kruger, whoever you know him. Amazing. They have such a value for the fivefold giftings. And we started growing in our giftings. And you know what happened? It started rubbing off on each other. And so... Stepha now, when he builds relationship with his work colleagues, with his family members, he realizes, but where are they going to spend eternity? And he actually shares the gospel, and people get saved. Hallelujah. And when I'm witnessing to people out on the street, to strangers sharing Jesus with them, I incorporate that love of the I store a heart, I listen, I value, I care. And you know, that's what's meant to happen with a fivefold gifting. It's inclusive. It says in Ephesians 4 that it's so that we represent Jesus more fully, the fivefold gifting, as we incorporate all of it in our lives so that we can represent Jesus more fully to the world out there. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the gifts are inclusive. It's The evangelist is definitely for all of you. Um, and... We have an amazing daughter, Lily. She's almost three. And then what I always tell people, the most important thing about me, Nastasha, is that 19 years ago when I was 18 years old, Jesus saved me. And ever since that day, I've had a burning passion and desire in my heart to see the people around me who had oh, not know Jesus, come to know Jesus. And I'll share my testimony in a bit more detail later on. But freely, I received Jesus 19 years ago, and now freely, I get to give him to the people around me, right? Now, your testimony, your born-again testimony, you know, when, when you speak about it, it might sound each of yours different, But the core of each of our testimony in the Spirit is exactly the same. We were all lost in our sin on our way to hell for eternity. And then we met Jesus and his gospel. And he removed the guilt of sin. He washed away our sin. He forgave us. And he came to live inside of us. He made eternity inside of us. And now we have relationship with him for eternity. Hallelujah. That's our testimony, each of us. Freely you receive Jesus, and now freely you get to give him to the people in your workplace that's not yet born again, the people in your family that's not yet born again, your exercise buddies that's not yet born again. Freely you have received, now freely give. Now, um, the whole reason why Jesus came to this earth The reason he died on that cross, it tells us in Luke 19 verse 10, was what? He came to the earth, he died on the cross to seek and to save the lost. That was his mission, that was his purpose. And when we become born again, we become born of Jesus, we get the same DNA as him, and our mission and purpose is the same as his. The reason we're here still on this earth is to seek and to save the lost, Hallelujah. Yeah, it's an amazing time to be alive right now. I drink a lot of water, so I don't know where I'm going to put this. <laughs> I'll just a idea. Thank you, It's an amazing time to be alive right now. Jesus is aligning the church globally right now with his heart. He is awakening the church's heart globally to not just look inward at ourselves, at our church, but to shift our focus and to start looking outside the walls of the church again and to look towards the lost again and to start seeking and saving the lost again Right now, globally, everywhere, I'm hearing reports of believers, young and old, just being equipped to go out and share the gospel. And believers everywhere are going out and sharing the gospel. And the masses are coming to salvation right now. It is harvest time that we are living in. And I believe tonight is awakening our hearts for the harvest year in Cape Town. Um, Just now, I don't know if you know, but there was a three-week Um, CFAN gospel invasion that took place in February right here in Cape Town. And um, uh, believers from all over South Africa and globally came for these three weeks and they preached the gospel relentlessly from morning to evening in schools, in the communities, on the streets, um, UCT, Stellenbosch, Cape Town, everywhere. And by the end of these three weeks... There were 66,000 people, over 66,000 people here in Cape Town that re- received salvation, hallelujah. And if you can put up some of those um, pictures there, they're preaching in the schools. Next one, uh, that's one of the crusades right here at Valhalla Park a week and a half ago. Do you know where that is? It's Fontaine, It's the airport area. Um, they had four nights of crusades. That's out at UCT. Um, we were at Stellenbosch, next one. Um, At the nightclubs last week, Monday evening, preaching the gospel, next one, um, as the students were coming out, we were going one-to-one, and we were preaching on the speakers, and many people received Jesus that evening. If you go to the next one, uh, those four people over there responded after that preaching, and at the end of the night, 27 young people received salvation, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is incredible times we are living in, and the Lord wants to use each of you to share his gospel. Now, dear said I must share a lot of testimonies, so are you ready for some more? <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to share a few um, personal um, encounters in the last few weeks, and then we're going to go into some equipping just now. Um, let this stir your heart, that if God can do this through other people, he can do this definitely through me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, this was earlier in February. I was in Pick and Pay, and as I was going in, this guy behind me, I felt the Holy Spirit say, turn around, share Jesus with him, I shared Jesus with him. He was like, no way, this is crazy. I've been having such a crazy day. Pray for him presence of God really came in that place, and he was just overwhelmed and laughing, and he ended up becoming born again. Um, next picture, I think, yeah, that that's him, and his name's Dylan, we've been connecting with him, and um, we've been able to support him, he's just after that, um, his best friend passed away, and um, we've just been connecting with him, inviting him to church and discipleship. And just yesterday evening, Tian Scott from Durbanville, Shafer, he tells me they've gone for coffee. I connected them to, and this guy's getting discipled, and it's amazing. And um, yeah, and then another testimony, hallelujah, <laughs> um, is uh, earlier this year, I went jogging, and you're still okay? Okay, earlier this year, I was going for a jog, and um, I ran towards a guy that looks a lot older, maybe early 50s, and just saw hopelessness on his face. I carried on running, I said, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's he just, my my heart's moved with compassion. (laughs) I was stupid, because if it's the Holy Spirit lately, I'd turn back. Anyway, I was actually disobedient, I carried on running. But glory to Jesus. When I did my, the end of my circle route, I, I saw him again. And this time I went up to him and I said, Hey, I ran past you earlier. What's your name? I just felt Jesus loves you so much. He sees you today. He's got a plan for your life. And he's like, No way. This is a miracle. He says, um, He just starts sharing with me his life. And he's like, He was a famous ex-Springbok cyclist, or he is a famous ex-Springbok cyclist. He did all the Tour de France's, he's done all the competitions, he had 23 concussions from cycling, he had a cycling brand, and um, really successful, over a million followers. And then three years ago, his wife divorced him, his kids are estranged from him. He lost everything, he hit rock bottom, and he feels so lonely. And on the 31st of December, 2023, he tried to commit suicide. Twelve days later, the 12th of January, I run past him. The hope of the gospel meets hopelessness, and the power of the gospel starts to rise up inside of me. And I say to him, You need what Jesus did for you on the cross. You need to receive what he did for you right now, that emptiness, that loneliness, the effect of sin in your life. He needs to rip that out by the power of the cross, forgive you all your sin right now, and come and live inside of you with life, with hope, with eternity. Do you want what he did for you on the cross right now? And he says, yes, and we pray together, and that man receives salvation, glory to Jesus. This is the gospel that each of us have, the power of the gospel. And I believe that the Lord is putting our faith again in the power of the simple gospel. It says in Romans 1.16 that I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the gospel that's the power to save people. And the Lord wants the gospel to stir in your hearts again, that it rises up when you meet with the friends, with the neighbors, with your work colleagues that don't know Jesus. When you meet with um, people in broken marriages, the answer is the power of the gospel. When you meet with homosexuality, addiction, um, Uh, Whatever, anxiety, depression, emptiness, brokenness. It's the power of the gospel that needs to rise up inside of us that saves. Hallelujah. It's not our ability to be nice. It's not our ability to be confident. It's not our ability to invite people to church. It's the power of the simple gospel. Now, um, sure, I just want to pray quick. Jesus, I pray right now for revelation of the power of your gospel, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal that you would rise up inside of us, Holy Spirit, and put our faith again in your gospel, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I just want to share another testimony um, we're going to go into this, I really feel the Lord in this, but we're going to go into the power of the simple gospel in two weeks' time. It's the most important session out of the three, so make sure you at the session in two weeks' time. But yeah, another testimony. we went out um, earlier this year in Tableview. I was equipping Tableview show for and we went out to Bayside Mall end of Jan to share Jesus with the people in Bayside Mall. That's the team, and what I love, one of the things I love most, is when I take out a team for the first time is in the beginning of the outreach before we go out, people are really nervous, some people really struggle to get themselves there, and then when they come back, (laughs) they are bubbling over with excitement and joy and they can't stop sharing. Then I shared Jesus with this person and then this person got saved and then this happened and then this happened. And it's the joy of sharing Jesus with people. And, you know, a non-witnessing believer is an unhappy believer. We were meant to be active in sharing our faith. And I believe that every one of us can lead others to eternal life. Jesus wants to do this through each one of you. And tonight the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you with a boldness, with an activation, with an empowerment. To be able to do this task of reaching Cape Town for Jesus. So become hungry. This is an impossible task without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, it is endless. He will reach thousands in Cape Town through your life. So become hungry for the Holy Spirit this evening. Now... We're going to do some equipping a little bit later on, which I'm very excited about. And there will be role play. But just to make sure we are definitely all on the same page. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be nervous. It's super fun. <laughs> um <laughs> um just to make sure we're all on the same page, we're going to watch a, a video clip. It's a 12-minute video clip by Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. Who of you know Christful Nations and Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke? It's an incredible ministry. Many of you know this year they're celebrating their 50 years, changed my life. They've led to date over 90 million people to salvation. I believe it's the world's greatest evangelistic organization. Evangelist Rhino bonke is incredible hero of faith. And in this video, we're going to watch together that's been specifically put together to get our hearts aligned with our mission as a church. And we're going to get some feedback after the video. So if you can turn that up real loud, please slow and just turn off the lights. Thanks. of Jesus Christ is not a pleasure boat, but a lifeboat for saving souls, and every hand is needed on deck. Hallelujah. Now, um, I want your feedback. This um, video clip has been very specifically put together. I want to hear from you what scene stood out for you and why. We're going to have many people sharing feedback, so just go for it. Who's going to go first? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you're saying they had hymn books, so, so they're the believers, right, on the church, they're the, uh, on the boat, they're the ones that have already gotten born again, um, and you're saying they had hymn books, they, they went to church, all the while people are drowning out there, right, yeah, anyone else, yes, just shout nice and loud so everyone can hear Yeah, So you guys all saw that scene when the guy, the two men are sitting on the couch, right? Now that's, that's my favorite scene, um, is where the two men are sitting discussing the best methods and they're saying they've read the manual, what's the best method to save the people out there? But all the while they're just sitting there while people are drowning, right? And I felt like that for years. I felt that you know, when, when we get to, together as, as believers in small groups, in coffee discipleship dates, in strategy meetings, we're speaking about all these strategies and how to reach out to the lost while all the while people are walking right past us, dying, lost in their sin. And, we, and, and I, I felt like I didn't know how to, how to do that, how to just actually go out and seek and save the lost. Anyone else? Yes. Can you speak a bit louder? Sorry. Yes, very good. So right in the beginning, um, when that man, I believe, representing the Holy Spirit standing kind of there, in the darkness, um, when he shares with that man Stephen McMillan, um, you um, choices, right? You have a choice, and 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 then. So, what stood out for you there? Yes, so, so you have a choice. It's your personal choice, right? If you're going to go out and choose to go and save the people or if you're going to carry on doing what everyone else is doing and having a party on the boat. Yes. Staying on the comfort of the boat, right? Anyone else? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so, so she's saying that scene where Stephen is jumping out to save the little girl, he's taking a personal risk when he's doing that. He's risking his life, actually, in that scene doing that. And that's what we were made for. We were meant to risk even our lives for the sake of the gospel. Yet, you know, small intimidations and fears hold us back. But <laughs> well, That's breaking tonight. Anyone else? Yes. Yeah, something just came to me now that I saw for the first time while you were speaking is that, you know, the captain that's speaking on the walkie-talkie thing to them is like God saying, I've given you everything to be the lifeboat of all lifeboats, you as the church, and you as the church have the lifeboat of the gospel, and it's up to you what you do with it. And and, um, they ended up having enough lifeboats and people on the boat to save everyone. There's enough believers in Cape Town to go out here and to save everyone in Cape Town. But only some of them, a a small number chose to actually go out, right? Anyone else? We'll have one more. Yes.
1: Nice and loud so they can
0: hear. Doubting, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one because that man, I believe, that, um. Uh, that is speaking to... So the one guy is running in, he's wet, and he's like, come, you guys need to come out and save people. And then the leader, captain, whatever, leader guy is representing actually a kind of a church leader, right, with the rest of the Christians saying, no, but we need to be safe in here. It need, we need to be kept safe from the world out there. And, and that sometimes happens. We might have leaders in our lives that is Christian, and they're actually withholding us, in a sense, from going out there or intimidating us or causing doubt. That's what that is representing. Um, yeah, anyone else? Okay. That was good, right? Now... Um, What's your name? Aubrey, you stole my, my one scene, but I have one more <laughs> that's, um, that stands out for me, is that just like this image of a, um, a boat that is there saving people, um, say, for instance, you're on the boat, you're not the lifesaver on the boat, but you're the chef or you the hospitality, or the entertainer, or the rower on the boat, or whatever your function is, but you see someone that's drowning, in that moment you'll realize the urgency of the matter. You'll grab the life jacket, if there's a life jacket, you'll throw it to the person to save them. And you'll have that opportunity, doesn't matter what you are, the chef or the whatever on the boat, to save that person in that moment. It's the same with the gospel. The gospel that each of us have is the life jacket. We each have that life jacket and we each meet with people every day that's drowning in their sin. Whether you're more of a worship leader, more of an intercessor, more of a discipleship person, (laughs) When you see someone out there, which you do every day, you have the gospel and you have the ability to share it with the people that you meet with and you can save them from drowning in their sin for eternity. This is for every believer. We were all meant to share the gospel of Jesus. We're all called to witness. Now, I believe the Lord um, gave me a word for you specifically, Shafar, Cape Town, um, earlier this week. That the Lord wants to raise the bar. He wants to raise your level of expectation. There's about what? I don't know. 300,000 people in Cape Town? More? More? More than, I don't know. 300,000 plus people in Cape Town. And it says in, is it way more? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Huh? Four point something million. Okay, I'm speaking about the, your immediate area. But um, um, thank you. Louis, right? Lisa. Louisa. Louisa. Um. Now, in 1 Timothy 2, it says that Jesus desires for every single person to come to salvation. Every one of however many hundred thousand people there are here in Cape Town. He desires for every one of them to be saved. And he has chosen us as believers to freely give what we freely receive. And I believe the Lord is saying that he wants to add to the church of Cape Town. He wants to add to Shofar Cape Town daily, daily. Those coming to salvation. As it says in Acts 2, verse 47, daily people were coming to salvation, being added to the church. And I believe the Lord is saying that is your mission, that is your purpose. Every one of them that you meet with. Now um, the the key verse for this evening is Matthew 9:37 to 38, where Jesus is speaking to his followers. Now when Jesus, I'm just thinking of this, when Jesus gave us the mission to preach the gospel, he gave it to all his followers, he didn't give it to the extroverted, he didn't give it to the evangelists, he didn't give it to the confident, he gave it to every follower of Jesus, preach the gospel to all creation. Now in Matthew 9:37 to 38, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth more laborers into the harvest fields. Now, who is this harvest that's truly great? The last... But it's not, yes, but it's not on some mission trip that you're on for a week in a year in some poor community. That's the harvest that I preach the gospel to. No, the harvest is your work colleague that's not born again, your family member that's not yet born again, the people that you walk past in the shops, in the streets that are not yet born again. That's the harvest that's truly great and ready to receive the weight of sin being lifted from them, to have their sins forgiven, to have them reconciled back to Jesus, that's the harvest, that's great. And then it says, but the laborers are few. Who are the laborers? Hmm? I can't, yeah. we, are. we are, right? The laborers are those who have freely received Jesus. It's saying this verse that those who have freely received Jesus, but intentionally choose to share Jesus with the people around them, to pray with people to become born again. It's saying that those who choose to do that are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the Harvest to send forth more laborers into the harvest fields. And so, I want to pray right now. And as we pray, I just want to tell you this: This is not a, con- a condemning message. This is a. This is for each of us, and we need the Holy Spirit to do this work in us so bring to him whatever desire you have right now and he will come and bring fire and urgency to that yeah Holy Spirit I thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest I thank you that the harvest here in Cape Town is great that they are ready to have their sins forgiven to have their um, to to receive freedom from bondage, Lord, to have the weight of sin removed. Thank you that they are ready to receive eternal life, to be reconciled back to you, Jesus. I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would stir each heart here tonight with urgency, with a passion for souls to be saved, with the urgency and a desire for the lost to come to salvation. Burn in hearts right now, Holy Spirit. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to raise up laborers here tonight, in Jesus' name. Send them out into the harvest fields of Cape Town, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to go into a time of equipping. Now even though my desire since the day I got born again was to see the lost saved, that's 19 years ago. For the first 12 years of my salvation, I saw very little fruit. I could maybe count on two hands the number of people I led to salvation in 12 years. I remember I would drive to work in the mornings as a chartered accountant every morning and pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, come upon me with boldness and power to be a witness for you today. Give me words of knowledge and divine appointments at my work today. I would get to work and my focus would shift to my work job description my task list for the day I would do my job excellently I would drive home in the evenings feeling disappointed like my day just looked like everyone else's and I didn't share Jesus with anyone around me the moments were few and far between every few months maybe something happened I remember I would read the Bible and I would read the Gospels and Acts and I would read the amazing things that Jesus and the Apostles did, how they led multitudes to salvation, the healings, the signs, the wonders. I would look at my life and I would feel this mismatch, like I can't relate. But I know this is meant to be for me part of my everyday life. Now, without going into too much detail... In 2017, the Holy Spirit came upon me in a way I can't explain, with power, my body shot through the air twice, and he activated me. All of a sudden, instead of just noticing people, I started approaching the lost on the streets. He did something. You know, that boldness and power coming upon you. He's going to do that tonight. Your body doesn't need to shoot through the air, but he needs to come upon you with boldness and power. He can do it however he wants. Hallelujah. (laughs) And and I started being equipped. And what I realized is... Many believers are stirred with the passion for the lost, and then they go out on an outreach or they try to share with people, and they hope something is going to happen, and the Holy Spirit is going to give them the words, but we're not equipped. And so I believe Jesus is equipping his church again. He's taking us from plan B, the methods we've been using that's maybe more comfortable, that's um, Not necessarily the methods Jesus gave us, that's hard work and little fruit. And he's taking us back to his plan A, what the apostles used. When we use the methods Jesus gave us that the apostles used, we will see the results they saw. Hallelujah. And so that's what we're going to do in these three sessions is I'm going to give you one tool in each session that i believe the lord gave me from his word this is how to be an effective witness he's given us tools and so tonight so the three tools are number 1 we each have a born again testimony right are you all born again you each have a born again testimony number 2 we each have the simple gospel number 3 the gifts of the holy spirit partnering with the Holy Spirit, hearing His voice, praying for the sick, seeing hearts healed. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit. And so those are the three tools Jesus gave us to seek and to save the lost. And those are what we need to be equipped in so that when we are in our everyday life, we're ready when the Holy Spirit says, do this. We have our born again testimony. It's effective. We know how to share the gospel and invite an atheist to receive salvation today. We are equipped and we're ready. We know how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. And so tonight, we're going to equip with how to share your born-again testimony. Now, I share my born-again testimony. I've had days where I shared 40 times about in one day. This is a powerful weapon against the powers of darkness. We were meant to share our testimony. What I can't understand is many believers, you know how to share your born-again testimony with other believers, you sit at a bra and you chat to another believer, you share for about 20 minutes your born again testimony, it's amazing, but it has no power to save that person because they're already saved. It's time we start sharing our testimony with an atheist, with a Muslim, with a stranger on the street. And so I'm going to share with you um, through sharing a testimony, how to share your born again testimony. Is that okay? And then we're going to do some role play. So this was in the beginning of, uh, I think, 2022. I was in the mall. I was walking towards, or I was walking and I saw a young girl, lady, and felt Holy Spirit tag on my heart, go to her. Don't put the next picture on. Oh, you're really way ahead. But um, <laughs> don't show the picture yet. Um, and... I go to her and I say, Hey, I'm Nastasha. What's your name? Marley. I just feel in my heart, um, Jesus loves you so much. He's got a plan for your life. And she's like, No way. Um, earlier this year, I was saying to God, "Like, I just want to be closer to him this year. And I can just see her start opening up. Now, I don't have a specific word for her. I'm not praying for her to get healed. But what do I have? Already have. I have my born again testimony. So I say to her, hey, um, can I share with you what Jesus did in my life real quick? She's like, yes. So when I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home. My mom took me to church. She read Bible to me. I believed in Jesus. I believed what he did for me on the cross. Then I went to high school. I started doing what the people around me were doing. I started partying, smoking, drinking, drugs, getting involved with men, cutting myself. But I didn't know who I really am on the inside. And I didn't know what life is all about. The devil stole my innocence, my value, my confidence, my purpose. My life was on a pathway of destruction. It went on for years. And when I was 18 years old, One evening, I went to church for the first time in years. And that night, I met Jesus. And it was like this overwhelming life flooded me on the inside. And I knew this is Jesus and that he's real. And I got born again in that moment. I didn't know what was happening in that moment. But you know, like the Bible talks of born again. I got born again. I said, Jesus, forgive me for all the stuff I've been doing. And you know, he didn't just forgive the actions and the thoughts of sin in my life but he ripped out the root of sin that we've all been born with. He nailed it to that cross, and he came to make his home inside of me. He gave me eternal life that day, and it's been 19 years now since I've had that life on the inside of me. He restored my innocence. He gave me purpose. It's amazing, and he's done the same for you. He died for you on that cross. Do you want him to forgive all your sins right now and come live in your heart for eternity? She said, yes. We prayed together. She received salvation that day. I took her number like I always do with people out on the streets. I connected her to Shafo Stellenbosch. She was a fourth-year B.A. student. I didn't hear much from her except thank you. Until a few months later, I get a message from Marley one afternoon, and she says, "Nastasha, thank you so much for coming to me that day. I didn't think that I would have a testimony, but Jesus transformed my whole life, and I want to get baptized. And two or three days later, if you can go to that baptism picture, Marley gets baptized. She's in church. She's got other believers discipling her. Glory to Jesus. Each of us have a born-again testimony, right? You don't have to wait for a specific word for someone. You don't have to wait for someone to be sick to pray for them. You have a born-again testimony. And so in the first two sessions, I'm sharing what you already have. And as you steward your born-again testimony, as you steward the gospel, signs and wonders will follow. And, and, and so um, how, how do we share our born-again testimony? You know, in, um, it's so powerful in John four thirty nine. Sorry, I forgot this. You know the story about the women at the well? And it says that um, many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the women's testimony, right? And so many people can come to salvation because of hearing your testimony. It's powerful. Each of you have a testimony worth sharing. Now, how do you share your testimony? You need to be able to do it in two minutes. This is just me, my experience. It's, it's not a biblical rule. But you need to be able to share your testimony in about two minutes, not 20 minutes. When you're out there meeting with someone that's really lost, that's not interested in Jesus, they don't want to hear your 20-minute version of what Jesus did in your life. You need to grip them in two minutes. And what I like to tell people is, imagine the person is standing on a cliff and they're about to jump. What are you going to share with them? to save their life in that moment. Okay, so that's what we're going to practice tonight. If you want to take notes, now's a good time. We're going to role play in a moment. Now, most of us, we've learned how to share our testimony, right? You've heard of the three parts, before Jesus, when you met Jesus, and after salvation, right? Who of you have learned to share your testimony like that? Okay, now I'm going to color those parts in a bit. You're before Jesus um, part. Now you don't want to share all the details of your past, the the places, the names, every sin that you committed. You want to think of one or two main points from your past, the effect of sin in your life. Right? You're trying to paint the gospel through your testimony. It's not our testimony. It says in Revelation, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of His testimony. It's what He's done on the cross. It's the gospel. So there's a problem. And you want people to realize the problem through your problem (laughs) before Jesus. So share one or two points. What was the effect of sin in your life? I share, you know, um, I I went to high school. I started partying, drinking, smoking, all of that stuff. And... (laughs) I say it in a very short sentence. Think of whatever that thing is. Now, most, lots of people can't relate with that. Now, take whatever that thing is that you're thinking of, the cause of, or the effect of sin in your life, and then make it relatable to 90% of the people that you're talking to. So then my next sentence is, but I didn't know who I really am on the inside, and I didn't know what life is about. That most people can relate with, right? And I say, the devil stole my innocence, my value, and I was on a pathway of destruction. You want to paint to them the effect of sin, that you're eternally on a path of destruction. Okay, that's the gospel. There's a problem. You want to grip people with a problem so they want to run from it and receive salvation. Does that make sense? Can you do that? Have you got it for yourself? Okay. Then your part where you met Jesus Now, this is the most amazing day of your life, the day that you got saved. You better add emotion and feeling into this part. It better be dramatic. This is the day everything changed. You better look like it when you're sharing it with people. If you're not convinced of the gospel, how can the person in front of you be convinced? Okay, and then I share with them, I went to church for the first time in years. Um, I met Jesus This overwhelming life flooded me on the inside and I knew this is Jesus and he's real. So I described that moment I met Jesus. And you can put maybe one word how you sum up Jesus and the gospel. For me, it's life. It's still life to this day. I'm empty and dead without him. I have life. For Stefan, he heard a message of hope. For him, the gospel is hope. Sum up that experience of salvation with one word. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's healing. I don't know. Something people can gr- grip onto, right? Then you're after Jesus. Now, <sighs> after salvation, where are we now? Um, Now, I've heard many testimonies of how Jesus healed your relational problems, how he healed you from sickness, how he stopped your anger issues, how he set you free from addictions. All of that stuff is an effect of the gospel, but that's not the core of your salvation. Each of our salvation is, I was lost in my sin. He forgave me. He ripped out sin out of me. And he came to live on the inside of me with eternal life. That's the core of our testimony. He forgave my sin and he gave me eternal life. You can't find that in anyone else but in Jesus. And so that better be the the core of your testimony. That's the core of what he's done for us on the cross. Hallelujah. And so I realized that it might be difficult putting your testimony, you know, into this um, way. But try to get to the effect of sin and what Jesus did for you on the cross. So we're going to role play now. How this is going to work is you're out in um, the waterfront, maybe, and you approach someone and you share with them, can I share with you what Jesus did in my life real quick? And you're going to share in two minutes with someone here, I'm going to partner up two by two, share in two minutes, and then I'm going to time us and I'll tell us when we can stop. Are you ready? Can you do that? Okay, so um, let's stand. Maybe um, get someone you don't know, because I know there's many married couples here. So let's partner up with someone we don't know, real quick. And then the first person starts sharing. I'm going to time you. So quickly partner up with someone? (laughs) Special occasions, but we're meant to be sharing it daily. You can share it with a petrol attendant. Hey, can I quickly share with you what Jesus did in my life? Um, Wherever you go, at your workplace, wherever you are, share your born again destiny. Practice it. And as you share it, with an unbeliever, that's when the Holy Spirit starts revealing to you more and more revelation of this gospel. As I was sharing it out on the streets in America for three months, I was sharing it over and over. I didn't have words for people every time we were on outreach. I didn't pray for the sick every time, but I had a testimony and the Holy Spirit started revealing to me the power of my testimony. So share your testimony relentlessly and that's going to be homework for the next two weeks. So... Um, until I see you again in two weeks' time, think of, um, right now, who can think of one person in your life that's not yet born again, either in your family or your workplace? Raise your hand if you can think of one. Okay, that person you're going to share your born-again testimony with. Keep your hands up. Now, if you can think of two people, keep your hands up. Okay, if you can think of three (laughs) Okay, so you can each think of three people right now, okay? Homework is share your testimony with three people who are not yet born again, like we practiced tonight, in the next two weeks. Okay, if you couldn't think of three people, just go to the cashier at the shop that you go to regularly and ask her, while you're paying for your groceries, can I share what Jesus did in my life real quick? Then you'll learn how to share it real quick. <laughs> okay, so can you do that? Who's going to do that? Come, lift up your hand to Jesus. He sees I don't. But I promise you, you're going to learn. We learn by actually going out there witnessing to the lost. Otherwise, we're just speaking here like the two men on the, on the couch, right? We need to go out there, seek and save the lost. Okay, so that's homework. If you're gonna forget, make a reminder, or Debia will remind you. Then um, there's actually going to be some book reading um, homework as well for the course of these um, three, or for the duration of these three sessions. I want you to read a book now. Um, who of you have read this book? Living a Life of Fire by Evangelist Rhino Bonke. Did it change your life? Yeah. This will change your life. I haven't finished many books in my life, but I finished this one within two weeks. Now it's available on audio where... Rainer actually reads it out loud in three hours so you can listen to it. I'll make this stuff available to you. But I want you to read this book or listen to this book in the next um, however many weeks it is, four or five weeks until our last session. And on the date of the last session, I want you to give me a thousand word book reflection on this book. That's like a page and a half. It's not much. A book reflection is not a summary of the book. I don't need that. A book reflection is what is the one thing that changed my life when I read this book. Okay, can you do that? I've received many book reflections. I haven't read any of them actually, but it will change your life. (laughs) Um, And then very important... um, In, I think, two and a half weeks' time, we're going to go on a practical outreach. Over here, it's at the waterfront. So it's Saturday, the 16th of March. Diarize this. It's mandatory. I don't do any training without doing outreach. Otherwise, we're wasting our time in here. So everyone, diarize this date, the 16th of March. At 10.30, we'll meet there at the amphitheater at the waterfront. And we'll go out and we'll practice sharing Jesus with the people. And in the process of practicing, we'll see people come to salvation. Hallelujah. Now you can take a picture of that QR code that will take you to the Stepping Out WhatsApp group and on there you'll see all the details of future outreaches in Cape Town that you can join. so many people are joining from various chauffeurs and Hillsong and different churches at every outreach, and that stirs a momentum to keep witnessing in your everyday life. If you're doing it regularly, I need to ask friends regularly, come with me and go out and, and share Jesus. Like yeah, I have a date with Seiko. Many of you know Seiko. We go weekly for coffee, and then we go and share Jesus with people in Tiger Valley. We need other believers to keep that momentum of witnessing. Okay. Now I mentioned in two weeks' time, out of the three sessions, that's the session you don't want to miss: how to share the simple gospel. So that's in, I think, the thirteenth of March. Make sure at least that you're at that session. Okay. Now, I want to speak to us a bit about the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to pray, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and move powerfully like he does every time. You know, many of us, we speak about the word anointing. That one has an evangelistic anointing. That one has a healing anointing. But you know that word that we use to say, I don't have that gift, that word anointing. That word anointing in the Bible means the Holy Spirit. It's equal to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come in different shapes and sizes. You get an evangelistic anointing. You get a healing anointing. No, when you share the gospel with someone, the evangelistic anointing flows through you to see that person come to salvation. When you pray for the sick, the power to, say, to heal the sick flows through you in that moment. Whatever the demand is, the Holy Spirit flows through you and does that for that person. It says that when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead comes to live inside of you. Now, there's no greater power than that dead-raising power that you have received. And so if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, all you need to do is step out in faith. The Holy Spirit doesn't anoint us for a nice feeling, although that does happen, but he anoints us for a purpose. It says in Isaiah 61 that the Spirit of the Lord anointed me to do something, to preach the gospel to the poor in spirit, to bind up broken hearts, to set captives free, to release people from darkness and oppression. The Holy Spirit anoints us To enable us to do what we cannot do without his power. And that is why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of power and boldness like it speaks of in Acts 1 verse 8. The Holy Spirit comes upon me with power and boldness so that I can be a witness. Now I don't understand how it works but I started praying in tongues when I was probably about, uh, I don't know, 17 years ago. But then about seven years ago, the Holy Spirit came upon me with a power and a boldness that activated me, that equipped me, that empowered me for the work of witnessing, for the job, for this, right? And so that's what we want. So I want us to stand right now, and if you can put on that missions anthem,